0: Hey, Pam, I have a question for you.
1: What do you got, Ryan?
0: So like the city council says, if we build the parking garage, are they going to come?
1: <laughs> Ryan, they are coming as developers, and we keep turning them away.
0: Hello, all, and welcome to an all-new Voice of Loveland podcast for com. I am your host, the Loveland Tadler, Artie Kulik, and with me here... In person, socially distanced, and speaking into her microphone is the greatest other host, Pam Gross. How are you today, Pam?
1: I'm good, Ryan. Welcome, everyone.
0: All right. We're going to, yeah, talk a little bit about the garage, but not solely about the garage. And we're going to talk a bit about developers. I was inspired by this, Pam, because there's a, there's the big development over on Oak Street earlier this year. While we all packed into a room in the halcyon days of early February 2020, <laughs> and a lot of people, gosh, I think... 10, 15 people or so spoke uh, that lived around Oak Street in defense of their neighborhood because there was a developer that wanted to put a really big development over there, uh, multi-use apartments. Uh, They were going to be kind of higher end. I thought it looked good. But again, the residents did not like that. And the planning, this was a Planning and Zoning Committee meeting commission. Planning and Zoning Commission did not grant the developer whatever they were looking for at the time. Well, fast forward now, and there's another developer, I believe it's Zika Homes, was looking to build something up over off of 48 and the other side of the railroad there, heading away from downtown. And they they already own the land PAM. And I know they talked about building some homes there, but now they want to build some what they call high-end condominiums. A couple of people have caught wind of this. A couple of community members have talked to us about it. Most people are not for this development, but the planning and zoning commission First, they tabled it, so they made the developer and the community wait longer, and then they passed in a 3-2 to vote, a surprising 3-2 to vote, they passed to recommend the zoning change to the Loveland City Council, where our seven elected officials would have to have a public hearing and make a decision. Well, now the city council shoved it back down. So I guess my overall question with all this, Pam, is what's going on here?
1: You just asked the million-dollar question, (laughs) Ryan, because I don't know. This project that uh, had passed planning and zoning, if you remember, they're asking for a zoning change from residential single family to multifamily. And it is also property that the developer already owns. So that's kind of the background on it. And it is up on 48, going up State Street. Yeah, uh, it's across
0: from Century Hill. Is that the neighborhood it's across from or something like that?
1: Um, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it's 2nd Street, State Route 48. In regards to what's going on, Ryan, I don't know, because I'm a little confused by why council sent it back. But maybe I'm not that confused on why city council sent it back, because as I looked at it, and then looked at the zoning code itself, it seems to me that It probably shouldn't have gone to city council at all without the questions being addressed that council threw it back and said, hey, you guys need to look at this. I guess my question is, is why did planning and zoning and why did the city administration not do their thorough due diligence in regards to the changing of the zoning text itself. So I'm a little puzzled by that, because quite frankly, it makes government look incompetent.
0: Yeah. And we've, I mean, this is even before we started to do the podcast, but in 2018, when Kathy Bailey and her majority took over, Councilman Tim Butler is the council representative on planning and zoning. So he's the only elected person on the five person commission, okay? It has to be very important to know that this was the time when their most favorite developer and everybody down there is changing things up. And if you go back and you look, Planning and Zoning kept giving variances for signs. They were going against the code for signs. They did it so often, as a matter of fact, Pam, that a few months later, they actually changed the code in City Council to make all the wrong work that Councilman Butler and Planning and Zoning did to make it right now. So they did it backward. So I I can see to be honest with you, how a developer would look at this Planning and Zoning Commission and this government and say, well, they'll give us what we want. But there's something different about these two housing developments. There's something weird going on. And at the same time, while they're swatting away these, which I would argue are needed developments, we'll talk about that too in a minute here, they're swatting that away, yet they're all in on this garage. And I bring that up because you and I have asked many times, what's this garage for? I mean, and we know what it's for. It's for a few private businesses over there that Kathy Bailey wants to reward the Chamber Alliance and her friends with our tax dollars. But really, what's this for? It's unnecessary. It's not needed. And it brings me back to the $130,000 master plan. <laughs> <laughs> now, this is like a greatest hit show for us. If you guys go look at that master plan, and I am fully convinced that outside of the cronyism involved with this garage, I am 100% convinced that this garage is being built in service to that master plan. And a lot of you guys who are, you know, oh, well, I like Mayor Bailey and this council, but I don't like this development on Oak Street, or I don't like this development on 48, go back and look at that master plan. It is loaded with development. It's a developer's dream. I think this garage is a gateway, Pam. And I guess I just keep going back to ask my question. If they're building this garage so they can redevelop all of downtown, including the city hall property, And use this garage as as an example or a reason. Then why do they deny these other developments, these housing developments, right on the periphery?
1: I agree with what you said there in regards to the garage is a gateway to the bigger development downtown. And I also agree because we spent one hundred thirty thousand dollars on coming up with a downtown strategic plan, a plan, by the way, that is regularly cited by city staff in its memos when they're bringing things to planning and zoning or bringing things to council. But in addition, and this is the most important part, council passed that downtown strategic plan. That means they agreed with it. Mm
0: -hmm. They want that unfettered development. Exactly.
1: So I want to backtrack a little bit because Ryan, the truth is, is that there's really been no meaningful development except one developer. And that one developer seems to be the friend. Mm -hmm. That's the one that they keep allowing all of the zoning changes, Mm -hmm. which are in, even when you read the memos, are in direct Mm -hmm. (laughs) violation or do not conform to the zoning codes. But for this one particular developer, he gets whatever he wants. The other thing is, is, we also haven't had any real new housing developments. And I think that that's where the issue is in regards to the Oak Street, because that was a housing development. And then now this one that's on state route is also a housing development. Now, I want to backtrack a little. I, I want to say that the voters and the citizens and, the you know, who live around in those areas and are greatly affected by those developments, they did the right thing absolutely did the right thing. And I encourage you to continue to do it. If you don't want it, then you need to express and let your voice be heard. You need to do what they are doing. So what they're doing is proper. What is interesting, though, is if you think about it, Mayor Bailey and her Mary Bandmen, they are all in when it comes to certain kinds of money that needs to be spent by the taxpayers and it's always downtown their entire focus is downtown it hasn't been anywhere else so here's the question that i want to ask them is that are you surprised that the developers are coming to downtown and looking for development opportunities because you've pretty much sent the message that this is our priority this is where we want all the money spent This is what we want done in Loveland, and it's all downtown. So, of course, developers are going to make that their focus as well. Council has made that their primary focus. So, of course, the developers are going to come, and they're going to focus on what you have set as your priority, coupled with downtown strategic plan. So, you know, everybody acts like they're kind of surprised by all of this. Really? Are we? And why?
0: When they build that ridiculous... Garage, and they all realize, and city manager Kennedy and all the council sits down and realizes that wow, this thing's a money pit and <laughs> it's just sucking all of our money away. All those developers, they're going to give them whatever they want because our society is changing. You know, big grand events change society. September 11th changed society. The coronavirus pandemic is a grand event. There are a lot of things that are changing. All the long hair out there is making me feel inadequate since i have no hair but it's i mean but it just little things like that you're going to see you know men's hairstyles women's hairstyles everything's going to be a, a bit different one of the biggest changes that we actually know is going to happen something that is going to really have an impact on society is people leaving the cities for a long time most of my adult life pam there's been a big push to revitalize our urban core so cincinnati you have over the rhine i when i first moved here i lived in walnut hills in a rehabbed condo there's this big big push and the main people that are going to live in those areas are are empty nesters or or yuppies, young professionals, basically not families. The suburbs have always kind of been the family type thing. People go move out to the suburbs and or people that just don't want to live in the city like present company sometimes. But for the most part, the people that do want to live in the cities, they're going to start leaving because They've seen how very close quarters, how a virus like this can spread, and they're not going to want to do it. The notion is a lot of social scientists are looking at that the suburbs are going to have this big influx of people moving in. Loveland has the river and has the bike trail. And those two groups of people I just talked about, the empty nesters and the young professionals, that's going to be very attractive to them. So housing stock is going to become very, very, very important. Not just housing any type of living stock, be it condos. Again, those types of people don't necessarily want to live in a house. They want to live in a condo or an apartment or something like that. So yes, developers are going to continue to knock on our door. And our planning and zoning commission, who just doesn't really seem to know what the heck they're doing, they give favors to some people and then other developers, big developers they don't give favors to, but... I'm in a very long-winded way here, Pam. I'm saying, I don't know, nor do I trust the city council, or do I trust our leaders right now in Loveland to really understand and help our community through this big influx of people moving into town that we are going to see in the next few years, and how, and we need to compete, honestly. So if they're going to spend all their time with that money pit of a garage down there and then realize, oh, shoot, we need housing, then they're going to put that Oak Street property up. They're going to put that 48 property up where what they should have been doing is not wasting that money downtown and using it to help revitalize Loveland Madeira Road to help find areas like Mr. Butler said that other areas we could build this stuff. So do you have any thoughts on that?
1: Well, first, I'm reminded when you call the garage a money pit (laughs) um, as a boat owner. <laughs>
0: oh, oh. What did uh, they say? The, I was the, gonna
1: say, do you know what boat stands for? Bring out another thousand. Oh, and I always
0: heard the the second happiest day of your life is the day you buy a boat. The and, happiest and days the day is when you sell yeah, it. There's no doubt. But boat, <laughs>
1: it, yeah. So boat stands for bring out another thousand because it's regarded as a money pit. What I think is funny is we might need an acronym for the garage. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have to come up with yeah. something. You stated something that I've also thought about and and I agree with you 100% is that we haven't truly looked at what the long term effects are of the COVID pandemic is. And what you are seeing, and you're already hearing about it as what you had said is that, you know, there's going to be this exodus from the bigger cities into suburbs, more people are going to want to get out of the bigger cities, come into the communities. And I think that that's one of the things That Loveland has to answer for themselves is, do they want to be a player in this? And I think that is where the garage, if you listen to council members, and I mean, we're talking $10 million here, guys. I mean, this is a lot of money for a little town of 13,000 people. So this isn't nickels and dimes, (laughs) as Mr. Phelps likes to say sometimes. This is millions of dollars.
0: It's not a nominal Yeah, I know. I I forgot. (laughs) Mr.
1: Blair also thinks that $7 million is nominal. But anyway, my point is is that here you have this developer. Okay, you have a developer who says, I want to build these condos and bring in more residents. What do more residents mean? More residents mean more tax dollars. They mean property taxes. They mean more people coming into your downtown, spurring economic activity. So the whole point of what we've heard from the administration and from council is that, well, we need this parking garage to spur economic activity and to help the existing businesses, but more importantly, to have them grow. That was the whole point of when Mr. Kennedy completed the grant application. One of the things in there is the financial impact it will have.
0: Which we're going to be discussing that in the near future. Guys, it is a it's not a lot of money. Let's just put it that way.
1: Yeah. So all of this is to have more activity, okay? And more activity is supposed to spur more tax dollars. So don't you want projects or more development that brings in more residents? Because as you said, I, and I agree with you 100%, that the garage is being built in service to the master plan, I believe that, because that is, quite frankly, the only way that the parking garage can make any financial sense.
0: Yeah, I guess a weird way to say it is, I would hope that they're building that garage in service to the master plan, because at least it shows they have a plan. And that's where the unfortunate thing is. Again, we're talking about a city council that came into power with a lie about Loveland Station. Divided the community. It was two Bernie Sanders supporters who <laughs> ran the, the whole campaign there. And guys, I have I have I have the documents to prove it. So these so called good Republicans, you know, they were endorsing Democratic Party ideals long before they were putting Democrat Kent Blair on the council. They paralyzed the city when Linda Cox was mayor and you guys were sworn into council. You guys had the number one clean up the mess that Rob Weiskerber, Mayor we- Rob Weisgerber left with Loveland Station. And then you were working on development of of dead properties on Loveland Madeira Road.
1: Yeah, Loveland Madeira Road was always our focus. Mm-hmm. Loveland Madeira Road and the Commerce Park, because the Commerce Park, as I had already said too, in a lot of my campaign literature, is everyone needs to understand the Commerce Park is our economic engine. It is Not the, downtown. Not downtown. And, and downtown is, will never be our economic engine. It's just not big enough. It's never going to be. So you can throw lots and lots and lots of dollars at it, but it's never going to change that. And it's interesting, we we say this over and over again, but Mr. Kennedy says it all the time. Downtown and the businesses that are downtown are not significant to our tax base. Yet that seems to be always the focus. But I'm sorry I interrupted no, you no, because okay. you are right. Loveland Madeira Road was always Mayor Cox's and the people who came into power under Linda Cox, which was... Myself, Loveland Madeira Road and the Commerce Park were two of the highest of priorities. And I'm very glad to say that we were able to get the Commerce Park stabilized and there were only like two parcels by the time that my tenure at council was over. That's awesome. And then we also had the completion of the development of the Starbucks and the Chipotle and all of that as well. What is funny and not funny, what is frustrating, is that Mayor Bailey has spent and, her admin and and her council members, they have spent hundreds of thousands of dollars. Actually, probably, well, the parking garage itself, that's not even being built, just the land and everything else, already has in excess of a million dollars sunk into it. Think about the fact that we could have used a lot of that money. If the focus was in the right spot, and it should have always been Loveland-Madeira Road.
0: The reason I brought that up is with their group and their lies about Loveland Station and everything, they basically, they paralyzed the city of any meaningful development. It stopped any development on Loveland-Madeira Road. We don't have any development professionals looking at this thing. They took the CIC and loaded it with council members and cronies, not developers. So all this stuff they, they undid. What if they didn't undo it? What if we continued along that path that you and Mayor Cox and everybody was on, guys? This is where the people on Oak Street and the people on Forty Eight, these developers, they would be looking to build there, where we need to build. As a matter of fact, there was a project that was going to be built over there. You mean there. they
1: would be building on Loveland Road? Yes, right right right, 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 right. Not, not in these particularly Correct. high dense area, high mm-hmm. density areas, which is one of the concerns. And you're right. Mm -hmm. I mean, Loveland Madeira Road is the place where all of this should, this concentration should be on Loveland Madeira Road. This is
0: our, that's our opportunity zone. I mean, there's so many things we talked about before this podcast, but one of them is they've reignited the silly little historic district again. Guys, they they put that historic district downtown. That's an anti-development zone. Exactly. And yet this anti-development zone, they're going to make sure that build this garage, which is the most historic-looking building you can ever imagine, a, you know, big old garage. I mean, the and
1: It's about as historic-looking as those monstrosities for that yeah. early warning system <laughs> right. for the oh, bridge. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, good old beautiful beautiful historic oh, downtown good Loveland. Lord. They're gonna do that. And then again, you have their master plan that six of the seven council members sitting there are all supported. And I would guess that since Andy Bateman or since Councilman Bateman seems to just go along with ever what Kathy Bailey says, they're gonna build all of this stuff or they're going to try to build all this stuff. I just don't see the plan. I don't see how they do any of this when they keep turning all these developers away. I mean, the tinfoil hat Ryan here would be saying that. Well, they already have their preferred developers to build all this stuff downtown. But honestly, Pam, I don't think they know what the heck they're doing. I think they passed that master plan because a couple of hip guys came in and told them, look, this is how you make your city cool. And they're like, oh, we want to be cool. And so they passed it. And now they have to build, they want to build a garage because a couple of their friends are like, hey, we need two or three more cars that we can have customers here. So why don't you build a 250 person garage? I I know we sound like a broken record. We We go around and around here. When the developer sees the only area that a government's going to put money in is just downtown, they're going to want to build there. And, Pam, we need – God, we need to come up with a better way.
1: We do. We need some direction. And quite frankly, I thought that was what you're supposed to be doing when you spend $130,000 of taxpayer money. To hire a bunch of people who were going to give you direction. So they either gave you the direction or they didn't give you the direction. And that's why we're back to the garage is clearly the impetus or the start of completing that downtown strategic plan. Because if it isn't, then you guys wasted $130,000 taxpayer money. If it is, be honest that it is Mm -hmm. and don't keep trying to play both sides. I want to go back to something because we've said that Loveland Madeira Road always should have been the focus. Loveland Madeira Road is really where the opportunity is to truly have some meaningful development that will bring good things, not only in terms of what the community wants and needs, but also will help with the financial stability of a city you're going to have council, you're going to have Bailey, you're going to have Butler, you're going to have all these people, all of them out there saying, but we're doing it now. Here's the problem with that is we've wasted an awful lot of money on downtown on something that is insignificant to our tax revenue. So we've spent a lot of not only time and energy, we've spent a lot of money down there, money that could have been used in a place that was more meaningful. The other thing is, is that, We don't know what the future holds here. We do not know the true economic impact of what's going to happen with with the whole pandemic. And we now have Mr. Kennedy, who has completed this application for this grant. And by the way, grants are taxpayer money. (laughs) I know everybody on council, and I know Mr. Blair thinks that, you know, everything's just nominal in the millions of dollars. But this is taxpayers' money. Think about this, Ryan. We're spending all of this time and all this money on downtown in this silly and pointless garage that we still don't understand that makes no sense, when we could be spending it on Loveland Madeira Road. What happens now when, oh my gosh, see, we're doing it now, but what happens now that you've wasted the money? What happens now when the economy may, who knows what the effects of the economy are on I mean, my point is, is that now we won't have any money to do the things we should have been doing all along, and that is the thing that is extremely frustrating to me, and I know it is extremely frustrating to you. And even though you want to take every <laughs> square, you know, piece of land and put something on it, I am not no, in that I, camp.
0: I, um, I am, I am in the minority. Right. I get that.
1: <laughs> my point, though, is, is that that's why your focus. It's so important that you have a good plan good strategy, good direction, good ideas, focused on the right parts. Loveland Madeira Road is where your time and energy should have always
0: been. Here's where I'm going to put a bow on my thoughts here, okay? And if anything, I want you guys to come away with, know that that garage is going to lead to massive development downtown. Good or bad, you make that decision. But when they've wasted all of our money and they need money, They're going to revert back to their old ways of letting their friends just have any zoning variants they want. They're going to have to start putting this up because you're right. We don't know what's going to happen on the other side of this because we are not on the other side yet, people. We don't know. But we are pretty damn confident that people are going to be moving to the suburbs. And if you have those two groups I talked about, young professionals and empty nesters and Pam, you're part of this. You are a donor to the school system. So the Loveland City Schools that have no financial—they're they're not very good, let's say when it comes to understanding financials. They're going to want these developments. They're going to want these properties. And if Councilman—they're going
1: to need, these yeah, properties.
0: yes, thank you. Yeah, that's a the better need word. They them. need it. And if Councilman Butler is rightfully in what he said about not voting for this development on Forty Eight, I mean, we could go into it, but he cited the right things and what was going on. But he truly, he said he wants these people to find other parts of Loveland for this development to be. Then you better make it worth their while. You better make it worth. For people, honestly, Pam, they're not going to want to go move off of a road that is nothing but used car lots and empty storefronts. You got to address that problem. And you say you're going to do it now. I applaud you for actually doing it. But based on your history, I don't trust you. So- Guys, the last time we were getting on the right track is when there was a change in leadership and philosophy. That might be where we have to go.
1: Well, I want to say one last thing, and this actually is for council member Butler. It is actually for any other council member as well. But in regards to Mr. Butler, because he does this a lot, and I want everyone to understand what's going on here. Mr. Butler likes to play every side. And he's pretty good at it. I'll, I'll give him credit for that. Not to be respected, by the way, but no, I give him credit he's for a, it. He's a
0: good politician. Yes. And people because, can understand because like that it Because he
1: likes to play every side. He does that a lot on planning and zoning. Oh, wow. I really like this project. But here's the deal that is political pandering. It's not leadership. We need leadership and we need direction on where our city is going to be developed. Developers need to know what that direction is. Because without any of that, we are not going to have a growing city and we are not going to have a financially stable city. So we need leaders not pandering.
0: Well, with all that being said, the uh, Voice of Loveland podcast for iOnLoveland.com is a production of Community. This episode was Written, engineered, mixed by Pam Gross and Ryan Kulik. And the music is by my father-in-law, Sherrod Sate. And just one more programming note, Pam. We've been doing this every week during the pandemic. And there's a couple of other projects we were supposed to be doing. And they all got put on hold. One of them was a regional show called Backyard Politics, a a new podcast where I was going to basically be your, I don't want to say Chuck Todd, so let's say Tim Russert, where I was going to be interviewing people and then having a group of people, uh, media people, other people we know at the end discussing it. So kind of like a meet the press for Southwest Ohio. We're going to move eye on Loveland probably back to every other week. And then the weeks in between, we're going to have backyard politics. So you guys that listen to this, it's going to be a lot of the same, but it's not just going to be Loveland focused. It's going to be all of our region, and uh, we're going to get into some heated discussions because I told you guys last week, I want to talk about what's going on in Columbus and how that does affect us down here. And I know, um, just stay tuned, we're going to be talking about coronavirus, we've got on tap some political candidates we're going to talk to, and also, if you want to be part of that show, be part of the roundtable, feel free to reach out to us, and it's uh, it's very easy. So there. <laughs>
1: Well, Ryan, I'm very excited about doing that. And I think it'll be a really fun show. And like you said, too, it's going to focus on things outside of Loveland, And I'm very excited about that as well, because I have a lot of opinions on lots of stuff. (laughs) So everyone, thank you so much for listening. Please be informed, be involved, be influential.